Amen. Alright. Glad to come your way again. Praise the Lord, folks. We are glad to enter into another month. Because of His love, His mercy, and His faithfulness, another month dawns on us. Amen. Uh, this past week has been very eventful. What a way to start the month. Uh, as you all know, this other side of town, or the northeast to be specific, was caught in a hurricane as a result of the after effect of what happened in the deep south last week Sunday. And uh, northeast was in a very bad state, or is in a bad state. Uh, we are all pretty flooded. And uh, what a way to spend Labor Day. <laughs> we, we are really laboring. <laughs> I guess that's the essence of Labor Day weekend, right? But I'm glad and thankful to God on the other uh, side of it that all our members are safe and sound. At least we call to check up on everybody and uh, text and thank God that all is well. Uh, it was just yesterday that I had one or two members have experienced power outage uh, as a result of um, the flooding. Amen. Uh, for us, uh, my wife and I, we were, we were pretty hit badly. Um, but hey, God is good. Uh, we will not despair, yet we will rejoice in the Lord of our salvation. And we believe God is a restorer. We don't just preach it, we really believe it. And we act like it. And we believe that we will be compensated, all things being equal. We really believe God, and that settles it. So despite that, we will just make a statement to the devil that you can't drown our joy. Uh, sorrow is not going to engulf us. Uh, irrespective of whatever happens, we will still worship and praise the Lord. Amen. We are soldiers. And if you're a soldier of Christ, you should be able to keep on ticking, even when you get a licking. Amen. So as you are all aware, I believe we all know that Another hurricane is on our way. Actually, today in Bermuda, as I'm speaking, let's say that a, a hurricane will hit. And I know that yesterday it was downgraded to Category 3, which is a good sign because it was expected to be a Category 5 thing. But now it's downgraded to Category 3. And it is expected that in between Wednesday and Thursday, East Coast is going to experience another major hurricane. Um, so, do not be afraid. That's what I want to say. Do not be dismayed. Um, the Bible commands us, fear not. So, don't fear. I know you may have seen the news and you may have seen the harrowing pictures of um, the devastating effects of the flood and, and everything that has happened. But do not be afraid. Uh, God is with us. I hereby encourage you to let you know that God is with us and he will deliver us. And uh, in times like these, one of my favorite scriptures is in Psalm 91. It says, call on me and I will answer. So this is the time for us to yoke ourselves to God. This is a, this is a time to anchor ourselves on God's word. Don't stand on crates. Stand on the word of God. Amen. And... Uh, You'll be through. You'll be through. You'll be fine. So, based on this revelation today, I just want us to take communion and uh, let's touch and agree on deliverance and protection. Amen.
So could you just get your communion elements ready? And uh, let's do that. Amen. Even though I don't see you, I want to believe that we are ready or we are getting ourselves ready. Amen. I'll give it just some few minutes. And then we will take communion. But whilst we are waiting, let me just uh, encourage you with Psalm 91. When you read Psalm 91... It has 16 verses. I will encourage you, um, starting from today till Saturday, just read Psalm 91. It's only 16 verses. Meditate on it. Read it. Let the scriptures speak to your spirit. And when you do this, you will be rooted and grounded in the love of God. And let me tell you something. When a Christian is rooted and grounded in the love of God, that's a dangerous Christian. The devil cannot do anything with a Christian who is rooted and grounded in the love of God. So I advise you to just um, read upon that this week. Amen. Use this as your quiet time. Starting from today after church, everybody should read Psalm 91 for the next seven days. Amen. In spite of whatever will happen, I want to assure you, God is in control. Amen. So, Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. So, during this time, I just want you to believe God that He is our fortress. And let's put our trust in Him. Now, when you read from verse 3 to verse 14, six things that David confesses concerning the deliverance of the Lord. So, as we are taking communion today, I want you to remember that He will deliver you from the traps of the enemy. He will deliver you from terrors or dangers. He will deliver you from sicknesses and diseases. 
He will deliver you from the reward of the wicked. He will deliver you from any evil intent or harm. And no impediment or progress shall be in your way. Amen. I read all this so that we can all get ourselves ready because I realize some are still trying to get themselves ready for the communion. So I want all of us to participate together. Amen. The first time communion was uh, incepted was when the Lord promised Moses that he was going to deliver them from the Israelite, from the Egyptians. And they had something that was called the Passover. And that is the equivalent of the communion. So whenever we take communion, we are not just reminding ourselves of the death of Christ. We are also, in effect, attesting to the fact that God is able to deliver us. Hence, we read Psalm 91. So let's take the bread this morning. This bread is the bread that was broken. And when Christ died, he died that fear will not be your portion. Terror will not be your portion. Stand still. Straighten up your head. Don't bow down. And walk confidently into this week, knowing that God is in absolute control. Shall we eat the bread? The Bible says that this, this wine which represents Christ's blood, is upon which the New Testament has been instituted and founded upon. And as we drink of this wine, we say that we appropriate every blessing of the New Covenant, every privilege of the New Covenant, every benefit of the New Covenant that belongs to us. And one of the benefits of a new creation is that fear will not be your portion. You are protected. He will send his angels who will be ministering spirits to you who is an heir of salvation. So I want you to walk confidently throughout this whole week, irrespective of the news you will hear, knowing that God has got your back. Shall we drink? And Father, we thank you for this morning as we have partaken of your holy sacrament, I pray that in the, in the days to come, may meaning, may we have a great significance of what we have just participated this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, back to schedule. Today we are ministering under the sub-theme, I am part five. And we are continuing our series on the book of John, the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. And this is part five of the I Am series. So go with me to John chapter 10, verse 10 to 28. John chapter 10, verse 10 to 28. And I read, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a highland, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. 
And the wolf catches the sheep, and the sheep scatters them. The hyaline flees because he is a hyaline and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Another sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. Verse 19. Therefore there was a division again among the Jews because of these things. And many of them said, He has a demon and a smart. Why do you listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? You are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hands. Amen. Father, bless the reading of your word. We thank you that I'll speak under inspiration. I'll speak by the Holy Spirit. I thank you that your word will come forth in simplicity and in clarity of speech to minister to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Like I said, we are looking at the I Am series, which are bold and emphatic sayings of Jesus which has so much to do with his divinity. And when we talk about divinity, we are talking about Jesus being God, Jesus being in the same breath and in the same class as God. Last week, we looked at one which Jesus made boldly saying, I am the door of the sheep. And actually, these bold and emphatic sayings are what um, distinguish Jesus from all the other prophets or religious uh, figureheads. Amen. And uh, what did we learn about the door of the sheep? We realized that for us to become effective workers, for us to become useful, for us to become shepherds or leaders, or even become genuine ministry gifts, we will have to enter through the door. And when Jesus was talking in John chapter 10 verse 1 about thieves and robbers who do not enter through the door of the sheepfold, but they come in any other way. They are thieves and robbers. He was referring to the Pharisees who were religious leaders. So if we want to be active in the kingdom of God or become of any use, it is first and foremost important to know that we have received Christ as our Lord and personal Savior. When we do that, we are entering through the door. Activity in the kingdom doesn't grant us entrance into heaven. And Matthew chapter 7 is a typical example. I believe that some people will say, Lord, we did wonders in your name, prophesied. We did so many things and the Lord said, depart from me. I never knew you. You were cause of iniquities. Why? Because they are thieves. And Jesus saw a religious leader 
one that taught the law. You know, to become a Pharisee, you had to memorize the first five books of the law. From Genesis to Deuteronomy. You have to memorize it verbatim. That's what it takes to qualify. So Jesus was speaking to someone who could, who could quote the scriptures by the heart. Thank God that's not the stipulation. Because I don't think I will qualify. I don't think I will qualify. He was speaking to someone who could recite the scriptures. Who was a teacher. They call him rabbi. Who taught Saturday after Saturday on the Sabbath. Yet Jesus says, marvel not. I tell you, except a man become born again. He or she cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's going to be a shocker. On the day we stand at the day of reckoning. And we will see some of these mighty people. Who might not have even entered it through the door. But they came in otherwise. And I think it's very important for all of us every now and then to examine ourselves whether we be in the faith. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5. As he was still on the discourse of talking about him being the door of the sheep. He went ahead to talk about a very powerful revelation about who he is again. And this time he decided to do a contrast. And he started with verse 10 again and talked about the thief comes back to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you will have life and have it more abundantly. Be careful who you call your pastor or shepherd. Because right here, who is Jesus talking about? Contextually, he's talking about the leaders who haven't come through the door of the sheepfold, but they came in through another way. The Bible addresses them as thieves and robbers. And it's the same people in verse 10 who have been ascribed their job description. They come only to steal, kill, and destroy. Aside this scripture, contextually speaking, the devil is also a thief. He also steals, kills, and destroys. Amen. But Jesus states that he has come, that he will give us life, and he will give it to us more abundantly. Now, in our scripture reading today, the word life is our most common word. It appears five times. So now, what life is Christ talking about? This life is eternal life. It was first used in John chapter 1 verse 4. John the author, he was given a tribute about who Jesus was. He said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Nothing was made without the word that was made. And then he went to verse 4 and said, in him was life. What sort of life? It's this life we are talking about. And in him was life, and that life became the light of men. It's this life that Jesus came to give it to us in abundant supply. And the second time this where life appears is in John chapter 3. That was when Jesus was in a discourse with Nicodemus. Don't receive the Son of God, you shall perish. And then he goes on to John chapter 3 verse 16, which is the commonest uh, verse I think everybody knows. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So then the next time Jesus now talks about life now is in this scripture. And he is saying that he is the good shepherd. And why is he the good shepherd? He is the good shepherd 
because he came to give life and he gave it abundantly. So this life which is abundant in other circles is known as everlasting life or eternal life. Amen. So the life or force we will experience in abundance from Christ is everlasting or eternal life. And what does everlasting life mean? There are four things that I want you to keep in your memory today as I talk about everlasting life. Number one, the God kind of life. So when Jesus stated that he is the good shepherd and he came that he will give us life and give it to us more abundantly, the first aspect of life we have to know is the God kind of life. It is that God kind of life that resurrected us from the dead and we have been raised to newness by the Spirit of God. It is that life that has given life to our flesh and has quickened our mortal bodies. It was that life that God breathed into Adam and Adam became another speaking spirit or a living being like God. Ladies and gentlemen, when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, who is known as the Good Shepherd, he breathes into us the God kind of life which quickens us and regenerates us to be able to live like new creation. And to live like a new creation simply means you are living after the manner and the order of Christ. The second thing I want you to know is the nature of God. So when we experience this life or this force in abundance, Christ's nature and character is formed in us. Let me tell you something. If you are a Christian and Christ's character is not formed in you, you are not really fulfilling the mandate of being a Christian. Because in Romans chapter 8, the Bible lets us know that we have been predetermined to be conformed according to the image of the firstborn son. And who is the firstborn son according to Romans chapter 8? Jesus. That is the reason for why we are Christians. We are Christians because we are to conform to the image of the firstborn son. That's more important. So, able to be able to live like Christ, to walk after the manner of Christ, to have the character of Christ that will mark us distinctly that we are Christians is abundant life. The Zoe kind of life. And we are talking about the character of Christ. We are talking about love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, which in the natural is called the fruit of the Spirit. Anybody who you see exhibiting these qualities, it is because the person is a recipient of the life of God, which is eternal life. Another thing about it is a spirit-filled life. So number one, the God kind of life. Number two, the nature of God. And number three, a spirit-filled life. When God says that I came to give you life, who is also Jesus, and give it to you in abundance. We are talking about a spirit-filled life. Aren't you grateful that you and I, our houses are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit who lives in us. The Holy Spirit is not abstract. The Holy Spirit is near you. He lives in your body. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. You are filled with the fullness of Christ who comes in the form of the Holy Spirit. And the last thing that I will want to talk about is 
we become the light of the world. And that's why John 1, 4 says that in him was life. And that life became the light of men. There is no way you experience abundant life and not become light to your peers. And the Bible says that when we are the light of the world, according to Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16, it says, by our good works, people will know we are of Christ. Amen. So how did we receive eternal life? The Bible lets us know through Jesus, who became the good shepherd. He gave his life for us who are his sheep, so that we could have eternal life. So eternal life, it came at a price. It came at the price of someone else's life in exchange for us to have eternal life. Jesus then went on to refer to the Pharisees as highlands. And who is a highland? A highland just means a hired hand. One who just comes and receives his pay or conditional. If there is no pay, there is no work. And Jesus referred to the false or, or disingenuous shepherds or leaders as highlands. They are just in the ministry for money. And he's trying to say that these people who you follow after, the rabbis and those people who you think they are astute, they can't give you eternal life. They don't offer life in Christ. The only person who can offer life in Christ is Jesus. Thank God for shepherds or leaders in the body of Christ. But no shepherd, no leader, including this one speaking, can give you eternal life. The only person that can give you eternal life is Jesus, who is the good shepherd. And ladies and gentlemen, I will recommend this Jesus to you. I want to introduce this Jesus to you, to put your trust in him. He is the one that can give you life. And when you receive this eternal life, you will experience the God kind of life that will quicken your mortal bodies, that will resurrect you from the, the trespasses and from the sins that you were wallowing in. This is the resurrection life that you experience that will help you to acquire the nature of God. This is the life that will help you to become a spirit-filled man. This is the life that will help you to become the light of the world. The only source is Jesus who is the good shepherd. Thank God for all shepherds. But there is one shepherd called the good shepherd who is Jesus and he gave his life he, he, he paid his life as a ransom. That's why we took communion. He gave his life as a ransom. He sacrificed his life so that you and I could experience eternal life. False leaders are wicked. They have no care of the church. And we saw that. That's why they are called hide hands. The Bible lets us know that they expose the sheep, that's the children of God, to the enemies of the flock, which are wolves. And wolves there represents enemies. They just use people, but not Jesus. That's why he calls himself the good shepherd. If you read verse 14, Jesus is talking about, I want us to enter into a deeper relationship, not on an acquaintance level. Today, let me ask you, how is your relationship with Jesus like? In these times and days, if you are going to treat Jesus on an acquaintance level relationship, you are not going to survive the storms with Jesus because Jesus says that I, I know the shepherds by name and they know me 
It's time for us to get serious with God. If we really want to experience the benefits of this eternal life and experience Jesus as our good shepherd, it's time for us to get into the deeper waters of fellowship and have a real meaningful, deeper communion with God. And not just on an acquaintance level. There are too many Christians who are standing on the seashore of relationship with Jesus, but they have not entered into the relationship with Jesus. That's why when the pandemic came, you were shaking, perhaps. That's why now when they forecasted that there is going to be flood, you are shaking, perhaps. But your friends will be like, oh, I thought you go to church. That we are the light of the world. They will know we are the light of the world by how we respond to situations. But the only way we can respond to situations and become a beacon of light and a beacon of hope to this world is having a deeper and a meaningful relationship with Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the good shepherd because he laid down his life for the sheep. I like that. Who are the Jews in context? Then he says that there are sheep who are not of this food. That I also have to go and bring them. He's talking about the Gentiles. Those who are not the commonwealth of Israel. So Jesus became a good shepherd because he unified the schisms and abridged the divisions of this world as one. So that we can all have one God. We can all be one people. So today, when God looks at us, he doesn't look at Jew or Gentile. He just looks at one people. That is, if one has made a conscious decision to receive Christ as his Lord and personal Savior. And Jesus likens our relationship with him, most importantly, to that of God his Father. So, one of the reasons why Jesus came on earth was to show, I have a relationship with God the Father. I'm close. And I will want to welcome you to also have that kind of relationship with me. I pray that in the name of Jesus, may we have a hunger, a yearning, and a desire to fellowship with God. Because it's true fellowshipping with God that of a truth, we will able to know Jesus really as a good shepherd. You can't know Jesus as a good shepherd if you are going to flow with him on an acquaintance level relationship. You have to flow deeper and see Jesus as a friend. That is how you will know indeed he is a good shepherd. Amen. Now, in verses 17 to 18, Jesus talks about laying down his life and having the power to take it again. So, nobody killed Jesus. It wasn't the religious leaders that killed him, the Jews or the Romans. The Bible lets us know that he laid down his life and he has power over death. That is why he was able to take his life again. You see, one, one clear difference between Jesus and humanity is humanity, we are dying to live. Jesus lived to die. If you think I'm lying, look at your cupboard. Look at so many supplements you are taking and vitamins. We are dying to live. Even to go to the gym and go on the treadmills because we are dying to live. Is that not so? your dental appointments or your optical eye exams it's because we are dying to live that's the truth including me i'm dying to live but jesus he lived to die he 
It says, I lay down my life. Take my life back. Which other religious leader could speak like that? And that is why death has no captive over Jesus. That is why hell has no captive over Jesus. And for here too, you will see the love of God. You will see the heart of God, the Father, in this picture. Because Jesus says that the Father commanded me. So may I tell you that you are very precious in the sight of God. That is why you should not be afraid of the upcoming terror or whatever you will hear this week. Because God is madly in love with you and he, ha he has a very intricate sense of your needs, your desires, and whatever you need. And he will be there supply. If he has been able to take care of the weightiest and the most important, which was salvation, how much more? Your petty needs and your carnal desires. As usual, the Jews responded to this revelation with insults. They called him a demoniac. They called him a madman. And that's so. Be, be careful who you label a madman or a demoniac. Amen. Sometimes some people are criticizing men of God. Just be very careful and tread cautiously. Everybody might say he is a madman. But God may say, I like him. So be careful. But for me, I'm very careful, very judicious. It's not everything that you criticize. And it's not everything you understand. But how be it, Jesus was called demon, was called a madman. Can you believe it? If Jesus was living in the time of social media or on Twitter, he would have had many hashtags. Hashtag demon, hashtag madman, hashtag demoniac, hashtag Beelzebub, hashtag... I mean, when you see Jesus' caption, so many hashtags, it's never going to end. What Jesus said about the door of the sheep and the good shepherd really bothered the people. And that's why they criticize him. Because in just a few instances, he had given them two heavy truths. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. It got them thinking. It brought a divide. Some people too believed in Christ said that if this man is a demon, how can he heal the blind? It brought a divide. It brought when you read verse 22, the Bible lets us know that now it was the feast of dedication at Jerusalem and it was winter. So, verse 21 to verse 22 is a time period. It's not the same day. So, the door of the sheep and the good shepherd, Jesus went away and then he came back to observe a ceremony according to the Jewish tradition. And when they met him, this thing was weighing so heavily on their mind and they asked, if you are the Christ, plainly let Jesus say. Jesus says that I don't need to say anything. My works testify of me. My works testify of me that I'm God. My works bear me witness. That's just enough. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a very important lesson we will have to learn. That for us to understand who Jesus is, if you have not entered through the door, that leads to salvation. You will question his divinity. You will question his acts. The reason why these people were blinded, the reason why these people were very obscured is because of their refusal to enter through the door of the sheepfold, which Jesus had already said he was. And if they had entered through the door of the sheepfold, it would have been easier for them to see Jesus as the good shepherd. If you are listening to me, this message will make no sense to you of Jesus being the good shepherd. And my question is, have you entered through the door? Because when you enter through the door of the sheep, 
which Jesus has promised that by entering in you will be saved, it will be easier for you to see Jesus clearly that he is a good shepherd. So we have eternal life. And the Bible says when we have eternal life, we shall not perish. We will not die. And the devil will not have us as a prey. Today I offer you Jesus, the good shepherd, who gave his life so that we can have life in abundance. Christ is more than a house or a car or a material thing. Look at the hurricane that came. I saw people's, house, uh, people's cars like boats. Is this what Christ came to give? He gave us something more than that. I've seen people's houses messed up. Christ gave us something more than that. He gave us eternal life. He has given us something more than money. Money can fail tomorrow in front of our own eyes. Very soon, cash will be extinct. Are you aware of that? Cash will be extinct. In, in a few years to come, we will not be using cash. Money can fail tomorrow. And thank God that when Jesus died, he didn't just give us money. He gave us something more precious than money. It's called eternal life. And he gave it to us in abundance. He has precious minerals, such as gold, diamonds, or what have you. These things, they can rust, and they can be eaten by moth. Jesus, our good shepherd, gave us the best gift. It is called eternal life. And he said, I am the good shepherd. I came that you will have life and you will have it more abundantly. In this 30 for 30 prayer campaign, marking our friends and family month in every September of our calendar year, I want you to offer this gift to your friends, family, and loved ones. Jesus, the good shepherd, he gives eternal life. Enter through the door which is him. Hence, you'll be saved and you'll be a candidate of eternal life. This is the best gift. If you haven't received Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, I always want to make this because you don't want to assume. This might be a perfect opportunity. If you have, then sound the clarion call of the gift of eternal life allowed to your audience this week. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We pray that may we be faithful ambassadors and witnesses of your gospel, that indeed you give eternal life. We thank you that you are the door of us, and through that we have become saved. We thank you that through your word we have learned that you are the good shepherd, and through you we shall receive eternal life. And Father, we pray that as we are marking our friends and family month, may we noise abroad this message, the gift of eternal life to all that will come and drink, that their thirst will be quenched and their hunger will be satisfied. Make us bold witnesses that we might not be ashamed of your gospel, that we will declare the power of the gospel that is able to lead one unto salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.